Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Am I on? Is this on? <laughs> Excuse me. I think I, I was hearing a fan. <laughs> hey, man, if you got your Bibles, if you'll turn to Matthews 541. Listen, I was going to preach a totally different sermon tonight. But there were some things that happened today that caused me to change uh, the direction that I was going to go in. Or should I say the direction God wants to go in. Um, Twelve people, new folks, today. I mean, that is a miracle of God. Uh, I don't think it's a, it's a mistake. God knows exactly what he's doing. Uh, that apartment complex you guys uh, went to is like a fruit tree that need to be shook. See how many how many other fruits are up in there, you know, uh, until it just, you know, is dry, you know, just shake it and shake it. So, therefore, I'm going to preach a sermon, amen, uh, called The Two-Mile Man uh, today out of uh, Matthews 5, uh, 41. If you put your finger there for a moment. In 1984, I believe I was probably about 17, 18 years old. But in Los Angeles, California, I was born and raised in Long Beach, California, as I was saying this morning. Uh, there was uh, something special that was going on in 1984 in L.A. I mean, the, it was vibe, good vibes everywhere, you know, 1984. Uh, I remember uh, L.A. had a, a bunch of money. New things were going up. New things were being rebuilt. Uh, and what it was, it was the Olympics, 1984 Olympics in Los Angeles, man. I, good time, I tell you. But anyway, um, there was an event that happened. It was two women that were running a two-mile race. Uh, one woman, she was from South Africa. One of them was an American. The woman from uh, America, her name was uh, Mary Decker. And uh, the woman from uh, uh, South Africa was named Zola Budd. Now, something special about Zola Budd, she ran barefooted, two miles barefooted. You, I, I can't even walk from here to the car barefooted. You know what I'm saying? My feet are tender. <laughs> you know, but she was able to run two miles, and she was good. So these two were in competition. They were always meeting up in different events uh, uh, through the time, you know, trials and things of that nature. So this event, everybody was, was waiting for uh, these two ladies to run against each other. And so here it is. It's the day. And I, I, I remember this day where everybody was all hyped for it, and, and they're at the start line. You know, the gun goes off. Uh, they're running. I remember uh, that the, one of the ladies, uh, uh, the American, she was actually in front. Uh, uh, Zola Bud actually caught up to her, the African caught up to her. So they began to push and shove one another, uh, trying to get position. And what happened is Mary Tabe, she actually fell and she got hurt. She fell on the inside of the track. And she never did get up to finish that race. And I thought about that and I thought about the Christian. You know, sometimes, you know, we get pushed and shoved in life and, 
you know, we may even fall down, but, you know, but we should get back up and finish this race. Hallelujah. Amen. Out of Matthews five. Praise God. Let's, let's, I just want to read one scripture. Amen. Jesus is talking to his disciples. Amen. And you know, the scripture where he talks about an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. He talks about, you know, if one slap you in the right cheek, turn the other one. Amen. How many can do that? <laughs> you know, he talks about the tunic and all of this, but he makes this very famous statement in 41. He said, whoever compels you to go one mile, go two with him. Amen. Let's pray. Father, by the blood of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior this day, God, we thank you, God, for all you've done. God, these people, God, that came out, oh, Father, I pray, solidify the relationship, God, with them. God, cause them, Lord, uh, God, compel them, God, to come back, I pray. God, help your people, God, and follow up, God, in speaking, God, to others, God. We thank you, God, for all you've done. In the name of Jesus Christ and God's people said. So this this thing, uh, I, what they're talking about, compel it comes from in those days where Jesus was around is that the Roman soldiers, they had this law that was going on. They had road systems in and out of the city going to different places. And some of the soldiers, they carried their equipment. And what it was was that if you wasn't a Rome, Roman, you would ask a Jew, you know, to carry your equipment. And it was lawful for him to carry the equipment a mile. Now, now think about this. You're going down to the market. You're getting some things for dinner for the night. You're minding your own business. A Roman soldier comes by and he's, hey, come here. I want you to, to take my gear with you uh, for a mile. And you, you had to do it. It wasn't that you're going to give any lip or anything like that. You were simply going to go that mile. So this is where Jesus is talking about here. He's talking about to go the second mile. You know, don't give no lip. Don't give no complaining. Don't, you know, uh, have this spirit uh, upon you, uh, uh, you know, reluctantly, uh, uh, you know, not wanting to do it. So here's Jesus. He's speaking to his disciples. If we know all about the disciples, you know, especially Peter, amen. He's the smartest one out of the whole group. <laughs> but he got his, he's telling them, you know, whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Let me ask you this evening. We're here together tonight. Mostly the, the core of the church, you, the, you are the people that make this church go. And God is saying, amen, that, you know, there's another mile that needs to go besides just that one mile. Yes, you went the one mile on outreach, but can you go the extra mile on your own? Can you go and tell somebody else or can you go follow up on these people that came out? Because, see, these people are just like babes in Christ. You know, they're, they're just starting out. They don't understand. Even if they were raised up in a religion church, religious church, uh, there's things about Christ that they don't even know about that you know. And you have the words, uh, amen, you have God's spirit inside of you that can help you in this. Now, what Jesus is dealing with, he's dealing with his disciple. He understands uh, that they are reluctant. He understands he got some complainers. He got some doubters like Thomas that's, that he's working with. So he's dealing with this twisted spirit. It's a twisted spirit. Uh, you know, if you and I have, you know, well, I don't have time. You know, I got to do this for myself. You know, I got to wash the clothes today. You know, really, you hadn't washed clothes in four weeks. What's another day? Honestly. So it's a spirit that Jesus is dealing with. It's the same spirit that he was dealing with uh, with Cain. You know, here it is. Jesus, he's telling, you know, yeah, Abel gave a good offering. 
I accepted his offering, all of the, but see, God, he told, he's talking to Cain. Listen, if you do well, I will accept you. Here it is. God is trying to give this man another chance, but Cain had this twisted spirit. God, he confronts him. He's like, why are you angry? Why is have your countenance has fallen? Why are you like this? And then he deals with him. He says, listen, sin lies at your door. Now, he's telling him this because sin is like a slave owner. And here it is. God, God is telling him, listen, you need to get some things right in your heart. It's more than just going that extra mile. But there's something twisted there. And you need to get this thing straight in your heart so you can become a ruler over this sin. How's your heart, amen, this evening? What do you think about when you talk, think about, you know, following up on these folks? Or just going on outreach altogether? Let me, let me ask this question. I don't even know. How many people come to outreach? Uh-oh. <laughs> this, is, this could be a problem. You know, because this is, the, this is the church right here that makes this church go. And listen, God needs you to go on outreach. He needs you to witness to people. He needs you to speak to these people. God wants you to go this extra mile. Not to have a, a concept of a one-mile person. There's people that are like that. that I'll I just do one mile. I, I'll do, you know, what I have to do, but that's all that I'm going to do. I'm not going to do no more. I did what I had to do for the, the day or the week, but now I can't go that extra mile. I can just do enough to get by. <laughs> you work in this place. Have you ever worked with somebody that just do enough to get by? That's not my job description. <laughs> You know, that's above my, my job description. You know, Obama said that when I was, I was like, you used to do what? You, you, it's above you. Are you going to, you're going to be the president of the United States. What are you talking about here? Or, 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 how is your spirit inside? Can God use you? Could he compel you to go that extra mile for somebody else? Cause see, the truth of it is, is that somebody could end up getting locked in and get saved and become a, a part of the core of the church can be a, a worker, a lay worker in the church and help you out in building the church. You know, we say to ourselves all the time, you know, man, man, why is the same people doing the same thing over and over again? I'll tell you what I know. I've seen this over the 19 years. I've seen it time and time again. It's the same people. How come? The, because maybe you're not following up. Maybe you're not speaking to people and spending time with people. Maybe you're just not going and speak to people and in, in, in impacting people's lives. These people that do just enough, just enough prayer. What's your prayer life like? Oh, I'm getting personal tonight. Oh, I'm sorry. You came to church. It was a good sermon, amen, this morning. But I'm picking tonight. <laughs> some things need to be talked about, really. You know, in our lives, there's some things that need to be addressed. And, and really to address them, not to dig on and, and to poke at people, you know, and trying to move people, in a, you know, to influence them in the wrong, but to actually help you in your own spiritual walk. Because one thing for sure, that prayer, amen, works. And here's something for you, if you did not know or got this revelation, is that God needs you and I to pray. He's the God of all creation. He created the universe, the heavens, the earth, all of that. But listen, God needs you to pray. Think about that. Here's Jesus. He's in the garden. He's praying, you know, in the, in the garden of Gethsemane. 
And uh, you you know the story. The Bible says, like great drops of blood, uh, he's sweating. Uh, you know, he's having a fight in between his flesh uh, and himself, God. You know, he's like, you know, Father, if it's your will, let this cup pass. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. So here's Jesus. He's having this scrap. Amen. He could have been a, just a one-mile man at that point. He could have been, look, I've done my job. I've done enough. You know, I did the miracles. You know, I taught people. You know, that's enough. Let's call the legion of angels down here and wipe out humanity because they're not listening anyway. But he went the extra mile. Jesus says, no, not my will, but thy will be done. And he went to the cross for you and I. Think about that, that he was able to go that extra mile. How is your heart, amen? Are you able to go that extra mile? There's some that, you know, just go, you know, that one mile and church attendance is that mile. You know, they come to church. Okay, it's Sunday. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to just go to one service on Sunday. And that's enough. Wednesday come, nobody sees. If somebody texts you, they call you, all they get are crickets. <laughs> I know that person is on the other end of that phone. They're just not picking up their phone. He's screening your phone calls, you know what I'm saying? You know, a text message come by, you know, they got these, these type of messengers, uh, you know, where you can, you can look and see if a person picks up, you know. But the truth of it is that they, it did get delivered. The message got delivered. They just didn't pick up because they know what you're going to ask them. Where you at? How come you didn't go and come to church today? Because they're in that one-mile mentality. You can have a one-mile mentality even in finances. I, I like the, 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 the illustration your pastor used about the teaspoon. <laughs> you, know, give, you know, you just give just enough, you know, and then you expect this big old snow shovel of, of blessings to come back. It don't work like that. You know, that's one thing that God, he moved on my heart when I got saved about giving. You know, it was a guy that was in a, in a sauna, and I'm sitting there in the sauna, and I just got a good workout on, and this guy, he comes out, he's testifying you know, I wasn't even saved at the time. He's testifying, oh, man, I gave and God blessed me. I got a house and, and payments and all of this are washed away because God, uh, he blessed me. And I'm like, man, how do I have a life like that? You know, I, I didn't understand. But it was given and God, he will give back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and runneth over. And now I'm able to reap those benefits uh, that this young man that was talking about, his uh, testimony. But at first, I was a one-mile person. I just give just enough, you know, okay, the tithe, oh, man, that's 10%. Okay, God, uh, uh, do you get 10%? Here's $10 out of 100, and uh, I'm going to be left with 99. Uh. <laughs> you know, but the revelation is, is that if you give, hallelujah, that it will come back to you. And no, 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 check this out. If you really give, if you become like a, an extravagant giver, that you can't outgive God. Amen. Hallelujah. I was in just in Jamaica, you know, and I preached this sermon, this uh, uh, revival. And God dealt with me. One of the young men, he was like, man, I like your vest. He, he says, can I have your vest? And the very, very the first thing I did, I was like, I did a one-mile mentality. I was like, man, I just did a revival. You want my vest, man. What else you want? <laughs> you know? And so, you know, that's all I said, you know. And, and so I go back to my room, and, man, God is dealing with me, man. He's like, man, you know, th this young man has nothing. And he asked you for one of your vests. All that I've done for you, all that I've given you, who give you that vest? I mean, God is dealing with you. I don't know how God talked to you, but he's dealing with me about my one-mile mentality. 
I was like, God, you did. Okay, give him the vest. <laughs> give him okay, God, I got it. I, I give him the vest. As a matter of fact, it's a shirt that you brought. I want you to give it to this man, and it's a hat that you wore, and I want you to give that hat to this man. I got a picture of the hat if you want to see it. It was my hat, man. <laughs> you know, I like those little funky pork pie hats. You know what I'm saying? I wear them when every time I travel, I'll wear one, you know. But God was like, give up that hat. I was like, no. He said, no, you're going to give him that hat. Okay. So the next day, I fold up the vest. I got the shirt folded up. I got the hat, and I, I brought him to this guy. We had to pick these people up in their neighborhood. My, the pastor that was there in Jamaica, he's a two-mile, three-mile pastor. Hallelujah. He's a giver, man. I mean, he'll do, he'll stay up all hours of the night to make sure his converts are taken care of. And so we go and pick these people up in the church van. And they live in the same neighborhood. So each one of them come to the van. I give the man his vest. He's like, man, thank you. You know, the next man comes, you know, and, and, and I give him the shirt. It was a nice shirt. You ever seen one of the Guadabaras? You know, one of those, the Spanish shirts, say, man, that they wear, you know, that uh, they wear them, you know, during the formal events, you know, they don't wear ties with them. It was nice, man. I liked it. It was, it was a coral color, too. I really liked it. <laughs> But I gave it to him, and the man stood there, and he was like, thank you. I was like, that's it? <laughs> that's my shirt, man. Okay, okay, you got it. And so here comes the man with the hat. God, give him this hat. I said, okay, God, here, Mr. Fuller, here's the hat I want to give to you. Man, this guy, his face just swole up his eyes, you know, with tears. He was so thankful. He couldn't even say thank you, but you could tell. That he was so gracious, man. And so he's like, <laughs> he didn't know what to say. You know, I said, don't worry about it, man. It's your hat. And so the next day I'm leaving. I'm, I'm leaving Jamaica. I'm at the airport in Jamaica. I don't know why. You know, it just seemed like, you know, when God's about to do something, the devil, he's trying to frustrate things, you know. So I'm sitting in Jamaica airport. I'm going home. Had a great revival. I'm frustrated in my spirit, man. I'm like, man, what's going on here, man? Why I feel like this? <laughs> I get to Miami. And I'm waiting. I got a layover. I'm looking at my phone. I, well, let me check my bank account. You know, I hadn't seen it in a couple of days. I checked, and it was a large amount of money in my bank account. I've been fighting for this amount of money for over 15 years. Here's this money. It's sitting in my bank account, man. My eyes uncrossed, man. I was like, oh, wow. I text my wife. I took a picture, man, with a happy face. You know, she said, what's wrong? I said, baby, check this out. I sent her the, 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 the picture of the, what was in the bank. And God said, this is because that you went that extra mile for me. You just didn't give just enough, but you went the extra mile. Listen, God wants to open the windows of heaven for you in different areas of your life if you'll just go the extra mile. But see, here, amen, uh, we keep this one-mile mentality. You know, in the Bible, it talks about someone who was like that. And this man, his name was Joash, the king of Israel. Elisha, he's sick. He's uh, about to die. The king comes to him, and he's needing a blessing. So Elisha tells him to take the bow and arrow and shoot the arrow out of the window. He does it. But then he tells him, he says, listen, take these arrows, and he tells him to strike him on the ground. And so he has this one-mile mentality. He's like, you know, okay, I'll do it, you know. He just smacked it just a few times. And Elisha's like, man, what are you doing? 
He says, if you would have struck it five or six times, you would have annihilated your enemy. But because you had this mentality, you had this spirit that it's not going to be that way for you. Listen, by having this spirit, amen, you can stop the growth of things in your life. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying. By having this spirit, you can stop the growth of this church. You know, if we all moved in the same spirit, amen, together, one mind and one accord, ain't no telling what can happen. Oh, that's the pastor's job. Him and his wife, they need to take care of those things. That's not my job. No, that's not your job. See, the pastor, he's a Christian just like you are. And God, he's depending on you, amen, as a person of his church, as a lay worker, to build his work. He's using you. He's giving you. I don't know what to say. Don't worry about what you have to say. At the time that you need to speak, God will give you the words you need to speak. Are you reluctant? Are you that kind of person that strikes that arrow on the ground just just enough to get by? You know, the Bible talks about you and I in different metaphors. You know, God, he, he always talks about compare man to animals and trees and, and, and things of this nature, sheeps and all, you know, things of that nature. You know, an eagle is a symbol of courage uh, and, and ability. You know, a mule is a, a picture of stubbornness, unyielding. God forbid that for you and I. <laughs> but that we will be like sheep, hallelujah, that we will listen to the shepherd, and every time he will call, that we will begin to move, uh, amen, uh, those things uh, that he wants us to move in, in order to be fruitful. How is your life, amen, this evening? Are you fruitful? When I'm talking about fruitful, not just in finances. (laughs) I'm not that fruitful in my finances. I'm not just talking about your finances. Let me tell you, finances aren't everything. But just in relationship and people, you know, when people come to the end of life, they worry about, you know, their relationship with God and the relationship with people. You know, you don't hear people talking about money, you know, not unless that's all they're just stingy, you know, and usually they're unhappy and bitter anyway. But the people that really care, they care about their relationship with God. You know, we need to care about the relationship that we have with our Lord while we're walking around and we're healthy. You know, to do his will and do his pleasure by faith, amen, is how we please God, amen. How's your relationship this day? See, two-mile men, they grow in the most adverse places and condition. There's a tree called the cedar tree. It grows in Lebanon. And in Lebanon, they have these mountains, you know, and it's snowing and, and it, the harsh conditions. are. But these trees, they, they grow big and strong and the root system grows deep. You know, and you would think, you know, how does this thing grow here? But it's the conditions that these trees grow under. These trees like those harsh, adverse, you know, uh, conditions in, in order for it to grow. See, it's the same tree that's used when the, uh, the, the uh, temple of God was being built, to Solomon's temple. That the king, he would take these trees and he would float them down river. You know, uh, then uh, Solomon and his men, they would get these trees. They would hew and cut them. They would use them as, you know, uh, beams and things of this nature to build the temple of God. And see, God is calling for you and I, amen, to be like these cedar trees. You know, to, okay, we may have some adverse times in our lives, but our root system, our faith in God, that it grows deep. Hallelujah. And God is able to make us fruitful and flourish even in our old age. God can do that. And speaking about older age, it was a woman that's in Lubbock, Texas. I'm there, amen, I'm doing the revival, and, 
and we were talking about outreach and all of this, and, and she comes to me after the service. She says, Pastor, she says, I'm not able to get up and go on outreach with these young kids. She says, so what I do is I get one of the metal chairs, and I go in right out in front of the church. It's a busy highway, and I take my chair. I sit it right there, and I just sit there. And she said, you know what God does? That people will pull over and come talk to me and ask me why I'm sitting there. <laughs> yeah, she, she do this. She's like in her 80s, man. And these people, they would come and they would talk to her, and she would witness to these people. They'd get saved to come out to church. This is what she can do. She says, listen, I don't want to have that one-mile mentality. I'm going to do what I can do, and I'm going to take it as far as I can go. I told her, I said, you gone, sister. Amen. But see, you know, some of us, we could walk around, you know, we healthy. Hallelujah. We can go, you know, and get something to fill our big old bellies. <laughs> you know, if it's about, to, you know, taking care of us, we'll do that. But when it's taking care of other people, the people of God, God's sheep, then we got a problem. How's your heart tonight? Are you a cedar tree? Are you big, strong, fruitful with a root system that grows down deep? Hallelujah. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not on thy own understanding. In all ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. See, by faith, amen, we believe that scripture. You know, we, we don't believe, you know, in our own understandings and we hold towards our own understandings. But to believe, amen, what God, amen, is saying in his word and Pair that and place that and apply that into our lives. Listen, God can make you fruitful in adverse areas of your life, even in adverse times of your life. You know, there's times, amen, that you may not be feeling well. You may be grieving in the heart the loss of someone that you love dearly, and you just don't feel like doing those things. But nevertheless, uh, because of God, he's asking us to go, you know, that extra mile that you'll do it anyway. You know, it's amazing how God can use a person when they're going through adverse times. It's amazing. I, I, I was just telling your pastor here recently, I was going through a time in my life. And I'm telling you, man, grieving. You talk about grieving and, man, discouraged. I was, oh, but you're a pastor. You're not supposed to. Man, I'm a human. And so, you know, I'm going through these times, but I'm going to tell you what, those were some of the sweetest times in Jesus that I've ever had in my life, that God was able to pour out his mercy and blessing. And I've been able to see people come to Christ, amen, and get saved. I'm doing a healing crusade, and I'm hurting. You know, people are getting healed, man, amazing, just crowds and crowds of people in Mexico. We blocked off a city block right in the city of Cuyacan and just a crowd of the people coming. And they have enough faith to believe that God is going to heal. People's eyes are opening. They're blind. Bones are being straightened out. People are able to walk. All of this is happening. And in my heart, it was an adverse time. I really didn't feel like doing this. But because it went the extra mile. See, God wants you guys to go the extra mile. Hallelujah tonight. This church. Because God has a plan for this church. Like I was saying, amen, I came here this morning, a whole total different. I can tell God is doing something new. Hallelujah. And listen, I'm not just talking. I'm just not barking to hear myself. I'm telling you. I'm telling you what I know. This week is going to be about the experience I've been through. I'm not one of those textbook, you know, preachers, you know, that every book I read that I, I preach, you know, out of that book. But I want to share, you know, experiences with you, things that I've seen, you know, things of that kind of, of nature. Amen. I, I believe those men are, make a lot more impact than just reading a book. <laughs> huh? 
God wants to do something in his church. But can you not lean on your own understanding? Acknowledge God and let him direct your path. See, Simon of Cyrene, he had to do that. See, Simon of Cyrene, he was an African. He was minding his own business. He's going, you know, uh, to Jerusalem, you know, during the Passover to do worship. Everybody in, the, in that region, they would go to, you know, during the Passover and they would give their worship, their offerings and all of this. He's minding his own business. And now a Roman, not even his law, a Roman comes up to him and says, hey, come here. You take up this cross for this man. He has to take Jesus' cross and carry his cross to Golgotha. Now you think about that. He's probably got his family with him. You know, now he has to, you know, take this cross, this big old piece of wood, you know, up this mountain, you know, and, 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 and drop it off. And, and all of the, And in the meantime, he's right side by side by Jesus. You know, I'm talking about Jesus, the man. You know, he, he has to smell the flesh. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, he, Jesus probably didn't t- smell like he just, you know, stepped out of shower. You, you know, use zest, amen, to clean up with. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? He probably did use, you know, Colgate to brush his teeth. You know what I'm saying? It was a rough night if you didn't read your Bible. Amen. You know, and then he got beat. So there's blood and all of this. Uh, you know, it, it's everywhere. It's a mess. And Simon of Cyrene, he's compelled to carry the cross this extra mile. He does this. I'm sure he didn't like doing that. But if you read your Bibles later on in life, that the Bible talks about Simon of Cyrene, his two sons. One was named Alexander and the other one was named Rufus. In Mark 15, 21, it says, Then uh, they compelled a certain man, Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus, as he was coming out of his country and passing by to bear the cross. So by him going that extra mile, his children were impacted. See, we need to, amen, uh, let God, amen, compel us because our children desperately in this day and age, they need to be impacted. If you don't impact your children, I'm going to tell you the world, they're going to impact your kids. How do you like that? But pastor, I don't like that. Well, good. <laughs> that means that you have to be that example for your children. The Bible says, you know, if our children, if they stray away, if your child is strayed away, Listen, God promised us that they will come back because you taught them the right way. Listen, teach your children now. Influence them, amen, in the word of God. And watch, amen, God do a miracle in their lives and your lives as well. Now, in Romans 6, 13, it speaks about Rufus again. It says, greet Rufus, the chosen in the Lord, and his mother and mine. So here, Paul, he's talking, amen, in Romans about Rufus, the son of Simon of Cyrene, again, that Simon made impact. See, some of us, amen, we don't want to go that extra mile, but it pays for you and I to go that extra mile. It pays for you and I to be that two-mile man or one man. Hallelujah. Two-mile mankind. Let me just do it like that. Hallelujah. That God, amen, wants to do a miracle. There was another man, a second runner in history. This man, a man, he ran back when uh, Hitler was, you know, in charge. You know, during the time of, of Jesse Owens, all of this, a man, he ran during that Olympic. His name was Eric Lytle. And Eric Lytle, he ran a race, and, and the same type of scenario happened in his race. This man, he's running, pushing and shoving, went down, 
And Eric Lytle, he ends up falling on the inside of the track, just like, you know, this woman, Mary Tate. She fell on the inside of the track. This man, when he fell down, he hurt himself, and he's looking at runner after runner pass by as he's on the inside of the track. He's rolling over trying to stand back up and get back in the race. He finally gets to his feet. He's the last person in the heap. Amen. He begins to chase after these guys. And one by one, he began to suck these guys up until he sucked up the leader of the pack. And Eric Lytle, he won that event. What if he would have stayed down? What if he would have said, I've done my best. I can't do no more. But he says, no. He says, I can do this. I can get back up. I'm going to be a second-mile person. How about you? Somebody needs you desperately to go this second mile, especially this week. This week is anointed by God. God has already proven that. He was signs and wonders and miracles this morning. There's people, amen, that came out more, as Pastor said, more than it has been in the last year. That's a miracle from God. And see, God needs you to move. There's people, amen, there's a a telephone number, cards, and things of that nature. Maybe you could grab a card, or maybe you just feel like, man, I'm going to get my own convert during this time. God, I'm believing you. And God, I need you to help me. I want you to to direct me. I'm going to tell you what, God will direct you and help you if you would ask him. I'll give you an example. I'm going to close, amen. I was going through some things in my life. I was a new convert. I've probably been saved maybe two years. And I always did outreach, always did follow-up. And one Friday, my company in the military, we were having a a party, you know, a a barbecue. You know, in the military, we do those things, you know, uh, free time, sports day. And so uh, God tells me, he says, I want you to get some tracks. And while everybody is doing their barbecue and they're drinking beer, I want you to pass out these tracks to these people and witness to them. I'm like, man, they're not going to listen to me. You know, me and God, we have these conversations like this, really. God, they're not going to listen to me. I didn't ask you if they're going to listen to you or not. I I told you to take the track and pass them out. So that's what I did. I got me a little backpack full of tracks. I went that day, and I started telling people about Jesus, these soldiers. Now, you think I'm in an infantry unit. You know, these are roughest, vilest people on the earth, (laughs) infantry men. You know, these are killers, man. You know, and I'm witnessing to him. I'm telling them, you know, about the love of Jesus. You know, you got man to get away from me, man. I don't want to hear that, you know, and, uh, all of this, you know. And, and so I'm like, man, I'm kind of like, man, nobody wants to hear me. I'm trying to preach. And, you know, they're trying to get drunk. And, you know, but later on that day after the party, there was three guys. They were driving a car on, on post there in Fort Hood. They were trying to pass by a truck. And as they're passing by, they went head to head with another car. Two of the soldiers died. One of the soldiers, he was in a coma. So now it's Monday, right? And, and I heard about the guy in a coma, you know? And I'm going through some things, you know, in my life with sin and all of this. And I'm like, God, I'm not worthy, you know, at all. You know, God told me, he says, listen, I want you to get up. And I want you to go to this hospital where this guy in a coma at. And I want you to go and pray for him. God, I'm struggling. Oh, God, I can't get up. <laughs> you, you, you ever been like that? Okay, it's just me. All right, all right. I'm going, God, and so I, okay, God, I'm going to get up. God, if I go, you're going to have to tell me where to go. I, I get up. I drive to Temple from Fort Hood. It's 27 miles to this hospital. And I'm t- thinking in my mind, you know, these people are going to kick me out. They don't know me. I'm not on the visiting list, blah, blah, blah. I had every answer in the book why I shouldn't go. I pull up to the hospital. I said, God, you have to tell me where to go. ICU. There it is right there. 
I get out of my car. I'm walking up to the car, and I'm like, I'm fighting in my mind, man. Man, I guess <laughs> somebody would have walked up to me. and said, Hey, the loony been that way, brother. <laughs> you know, I get to the door. I open the door up, and this nurse she comes out of nowhere. She said, "Hi, how you doing? Are you a minister?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm a disciple. I'm a minister. Yeah, yeah, I minister the word of God." She's like, "Good." She said, "Who are you come to see?" I come to see Private Smith. Oh, he's this way. Come, come. He's a, you talked about the guy that had the accident? Yeah, yeah. He's this way. You know he's in a coma? Yeah, I, I heard. He's over here. And when I walked in the room, it was a major of our company, of our battalion. He was there. He just sitting at the bedside of the soldier. He's not a believer. He don't believe, you know, God, the things of God. I walk into the room. I say, sir, I said, uh, God wants me to come and pray for Smith. This guy, immediately his eyes was like, God? Okay. I said, sir, can I pray? He was like, yeah, go ahead, you know. I guess he thought I was going to do some lofty prayer, you know. Father God in heaven, if you'll just touch <laughs> Man, I'll begin to speak in tongues. I'll begin to pray in tongues, man. It cast out the spirit of death, uh, infirmity. I'm casting all these things out. After I pray, amen, I turn around, I look at this major. His eyes are like, what in the world was that? I'm going to tell you something. The, the next day. Smitty came out of that coma. This kid came out of the coma. I couldn't believe it. God was like, if you wouldn't have went to the hospital, if you weren't that second mile person, ain't no telling what would have happened. I needed you to go and pray for this guy. The next week, this kid, he came to church and he testified what Jesus did in his life. Amen. To the church there in Colleen, Texas. Praise God. Give God praise. Hallelujah. Father, you're worthy, God. Listen, God wants to use this church. Now is the time, a time such as this. Can you hear the voice of what the Spirit of God is saying in the church right now today for this church? God needs you to witness right now like never before at work, at school, wherever you might be through the day. Tell somebody about Jesus Christ and see what God is going to do in this church. Maybe you won't see it immediately, but down the road, amen, God, his word, once it goes out, it don't come back void, my friend. I guarantee you that. Hallelujah. Let me have every head bowed and every eye closed. Are you a one-mile person or two-mile? God wants us to be two-mile. He's compelling us to do his work and his will, but he needs us to move, church. I preach this sermon tonight, amen, and I'm going to preach other sermons, hallelujah, not so much like this one, but this one was for the, the church, the core Amen, to get this evening on Sunday evening so God can use you and prepare you. Whatever your prayer might be in going and do that other mile, let it be, amen. You know, even tonight, I just want you guys, amen, to just come up out of your seat and come to the altar. Just the altar is open right now if we all stand. And whatever your prayer might be. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? make sure to sign up at our website, vvph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website, vvph.org, and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.